Hamish, they renewed us. Second week, the footy dictionary. We, uh, yeah, went in, had a meeting with the, the higher-ups, and we've got a one-year extension or yeah. one-week extension. <laughs> yeah, <contract>. ambitious. <laughs> very ambitious. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm Harper Pestinger, your Hamish O'Brien. We're here to analyse the language of Australian rules football um, because no one else really does that. And there are a whole lot of cliches and words and uh, jargon and lingo that get bandied about, and people assume what they mean. But when you ask them, do they really know? Let's find out. But... Before um, we really get into defining some words, I want to play you a clip. <laughs> it's from a couple of years ago, but it got brought to the uh, front of my mind when um, Carlton uh, posted, they splashed across all their socials, a uh, little article and um, montage of the one-point wins in their history they've had against Essendon. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yeah. I did see this one. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. You're a Carlton fan. I'm an Essendon fan. But um, it took me back to round four, 2020, uh, Essen versus Carlton. Carlton fifty-two, Essendon fifty-one. There's three seconds to go when I play this clip. <laughs> this is James Brayshaw. You're hearing from round four, 2020, behind closed doors, no fans in the stadium. How's this? Just gotta not do any damage with this kick. Doherty pumps it wide. Listen to this. The Blues win it. James Brayshaw, listen to this. <laughs> the crowd noise is fake. <laughs> and he says, listen to this. Is he asking us to listen to the siren? No, that's so funny. <laughs> I don't remember that happening now. I, I don't know whether it's uh, tongue-in-cheek or if he's like just forgotten that there's no one there. But oh. Wait, Okay, I want to test something. So, uh, look. I'll give him the benefit of that. I'll think I'll just assume he's saying listen to the siren. Yeah, okay. okay. But I want to test if the crowd noise goes up a little bit <laughs> after yeah. the siren. I've got to have it done. Should we listen again? Yeah. Let's listen to this. <laughs> Doherty pumps it wide. Listen to this. The Blues win it by the barest of margins. No. That sounds the same. No, I don't think it did. <laughs> the Carlton fans aren't very happy digitally. No, we didn't even get up and about. Yeah. We just sort of gave it a mild clap and walked off. Uh, That's that, a- that was my one gripe with the old uh, the background special effects during the, the COVID years. Yeah. Um, it was always delayed. Like someone would kick a goal and it'd be silence. Well, not silence, but you'd have the, the chatter noise that he's got going there. And then five seconds later, he'd be like, yeah, you'd hear the crowd noise go up. It was always delayed, but in that case, it just didn't come through for JB. And oh, he was hoping, he was looking at the producer when he was doing that. He's going, hit the play button on the record. And they just haven't come through for him. So, yeah, it is quite funny, though. I'll give you that. <laughs> it is yeah. Very funny. But uh, can I give you a thing to kick off our more. More recent uh, little things that we'll chat about. Hit me. So last week we chatted about the pointy end, right? What what makes the pointy end of the we season? Did. When does it start? When does it end? Tweet from Mark Stevens, formerly of Channel 7. Mm-hmm. Getting to pointy end for umps. Meredith Hosking Gavine set for Friday night. Rosebury Stephen Stevich set for Saturday night. Getting to pointy end for umps. <laughs> what, what do you make of that? Well, they've got to narrow it down one way or another, don't they? Yeah. I suppose it's like the best 22 for footy. You need you need your top umpires umpiring the big games. And do umpires have a pointy end? I don't know. Maybe. Do they think about that? They probably do because I'm guessing they want to umpire the big games. Do they think when they run out, shit, I need to perform well today because I would love to umpire the semi-final between Brisbane and Melbourne on Friday night. 
Jacket. Yeah. What classifies this point in there? Because there's obviously no winning for them. There's yeah. there's pressure. There's pressure moments. Is but is that the pointy end? I don't know. But they they definitely have a bit to think about in their match reviews. Maybe yeah. maybe the longer the season goes on, the I think the pointy end has something to do. Implies a sense of possible elimination. Mm. Would you call it an elimination for umpires? I don't know. Maybe. Well, the bad ones certainly get tossed out. Yeah. They can well, go umpire. The they are part. sorting the best from the rest, but pointy end, I think we should reserve that yeah, in the footy dictionary. That's probably true. For players mm. and teams. Yeah. Well, their season's not reaching a climax per se because they're not, they're not trying to win anything. They're, yeah. Look, Mark Stevens. Good point. That's, that's your first and final warning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> If you want to come on the show, mate, you can explain, <laughs> oh, explain your reasoning to us. Come on. You can, uh, yeah, you can try to explain that strange use of football and language. But next one, Hamish. Mm-hmm. This was on the Fox Footy podcast. Uh, ben Waterworth go, trying to go through all the games and first up he's previewing Brisbane Richmond. All four were crackers in their own different way like you think of the dogs and the, and, and the dockers and, and the comeback of, of Fremantle and then there's the pure intensity of Geelong and Collingwood and then Sydney just being like with, a, with probably the most impressive performance of the weekend and then that you know just bonkers Richmond-Brisbane game which has probably got lost a little bit considering there was, it was the oldest game but of the of, of the four now the oldest game <laughs> can you say the oldest game when the game only happened Less well, than a week ago. Yeah, it hasn't yet been a week. I don't know if yeah. you can. I know what he's trying to say, but... Yeah, I do too. You could use some better words. It's jarring. Yeah, it is It's very jarring. It's very jarring. I think oldest game, you have to be comparing games that are over multiple seasons. Yeah. I agree. Mm. You I'm, can't be talking about games in the same week. Same week. oldest game. That, it was the earliest game, I think. The yeah, earliest, the first. The first, the earliest. One of those two words would suffice, I think. But the oldest game... He's mm. making that sound like it was played two oh, years ago. You could say it feels like five weeks ago that this game was played, mm. but let's talk about Brisbane Richmond. Yeah, very true. Yeah, but the oldest game. Because I get what he's saying. It did almost get a little bit lost because all of the other football was unbelievable and that was on the Thursday. It did almost get lost in how good it was just because all the other games took the attention off it. But it wasn't that old. Mm. Be better. Be better, Ben Waterworth. This is a call out. <laughs> but uh, I'm enjoying because we started off with a couple that we'd covered last week, just going back to them. So I'm enjoying getting into some fresh mm-hmm. content. And we'll move to Geelong Collingwood. A few little clips we've taken out of that. We'll start very early on in the game, Hamish. Mm-hmm. What a scene that is. Look at the Shane Warne stand in the background there. Not a spare seat in the house. So he says not a spare seat in the house, but... Uh, like maybe a couple of seconds after he says that, you can see some spare seats <laughs> on level one. Now, I know that phrase is bandied about a lot. Mate, is it a cliche that's being misused? Because there are quite literally spare, spare seats, seats in the house. There was a crowd of over 90,000. What do you make of it? I certainly agree. It's definitely well overused because it was 91,000 or so and majority, majority full, let's be fair. The only thing I wonder with the G is it's sold out. I guess MCC members and all that turn up, but it's sold out and there's probably looks maybe like there's a thousand spare seats or two thousand. Like it doesn't look like there's ten K spare seats anywhere. But can you say not a spare seat in the house? No, there are you spare can't. Seats. I'm just wondering no. how 
how there looks to be a hundred k there when there's only ninety one. Where are the where are the other nine k? Even when there's like maybe two thousand, three thousand corporate bed. boxes standing. Yeah, room. I know it all adds up, but it just doesn't yeah. look just doesn't look like there's. Some people, lots of people don't rock up, and there sure. were some spare seats yeah. that I saw, well, empty seats um, on the side that the camera was pointing towards, so the non-MCC side. For sure. Um, but I, I, it wouldn't, you wouldn't think it would equate to a, like 9K in loss of seats or loss of people. Mm. Dim, I don't know. I'd opt for if I was, was it James Brasher? Um uh, No, it was uh, Luke Darcy, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'd opt for barely a spare seat in the house. Yeah. You, yeah. I I think you've hit the... Mm. But how how big does the crowd have to be or how um, what does the capacity have to be, uh, percentage of the capacity filled have to be to be able to say barely a spare seat in the house? I feel like every time it hits like 85 plus at the G, you can almost say there's barely a spare seat in the house because there are a few, but... So 85%, is that what we're saying? Well, it's almost like when it's eighty, when there's eighty five k there, the seats look like there's. What about for other stadiums though? Yeah, it's very. Sorry good point. to interrupt, but yeah, you're right. Like Giant Stadium, what's the capacity? Twenty five or something? Yeah, something like that. If it, like if it was twenty four thousand there, you could say barely space yeah. in the house. If there's twenty thousand, you say it's good crowd, bumper yeah. crowd, but you I would say barely space. I don't think you'd say that. Yeah, um, maybe what, I'm too. Twenty out of twenty five is eighty percent, but it's not at your eighty five threshold. Yeah, it's not the eighty four. The 85 can be give or take, but I don't know. Sometimes it just looks like for me on television and at the game, when you're at the G and there's 85 there, it almost looks like there's 95. Like, yes, there's a few thousand spare seats and you assume that there's going to be a few less in standing room, a few less in the corporates, but it doesn't look like there's as many as 15,000 people not there out of 100,000. It's funny, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can hardly tell the difference between... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, you that, couldn't once pick- it gets that high... What, between 100K yeah. and 91K, you try and spot the difference between a grand final crowd and the 90. Like, there is a little difference, but mm. 9K difference? I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, Luke Darcy, uh, you've been warned again. He's been warned, but yeah. it's just a... It's, you can't say not a spare in there. So yeah, you can't. That's just unacceptable for me. But I don't think it's the worst breach of footy vocabulary. It's not. Had. It's not. I get that it's a commonly misused cliche, but I think it needs to be stamped I, out. I do agree that you can't use mm. it. When there's plenty of spare seats around, but yeah, I, yeah, it's it's pushing the the blowtorch, but it's not I th- quite. Yeah, I, I yeah. I, what circumstances would you say not a spare seat in the house, or where would it be acceptable? Because I think the MCG capacity is a hundred thousand twenty four. Yeah, and there's so does it have to be a hundred thousand twenty four people in that stadium for you to say for you to accept n- not a spare seat? Probably any grand final crowd where it's like. At least ninety eight, ninety nine. Most of them get to a hundred now, because okay. at least then there probably isn't a spare seat in the house. Maybe it's just a standing room in the corporates where there's mm. a little bit of room. But generally, anything. So about- standing room doesn't count as a seat, and corporates well, doesn't count. They're not count seats, as a seat. are they? Corporates? I guess there are seats, but yeah. you can't really tell. They're behind the glass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where yeah, we don't make enough money count. off the podcast yeah. to get, <laughs> get in the boxes. We're not appealing <laughs> to the higher ups anyway, so we don't need to. Delve into the corporates, mm, but if you would uh, like to advertise us with us, you can uh, get onto us very Absolutely easily. There'll be can. some details in the description <laughs> of the show. But another one from uh, well, this one isn't from commentary of the game. Uh, you know what? Actually, let's play one that is commentary of the okay. game. Hamish, you suggested this one. So big shift in momentum. 
He'd go back to Ginneman and he was 20 metres out directly in front and the Rolls-Royce Jeremy Cameron steps up. Is Jeremy, I'm asking you this, yeah. is Jeremy Cameron a Rolls-Royce player? Because what is it? That's a very good point. I've got here, I'm on the, just gone to the first dictionary I found. The Collins Dictionary has given me a little definition of the Rolls-Royce. Uh, they've said it's a, a make of a very high quality, a luxurious and prestigious British car. Well, that's, that is a given. When can you apply that to a footballer? Uh, smooth moving. Uh, so, like, not a big lumbering ruckman or anything like no. that. And clean skills. Do you reckon Jeremy Cameron is a Rolls-Royce player? By, uh, by that definition that I just gave, yes. Because I, I love Jeremy Cameron. I reckon he's easy top five players in the game. But I'm not sure he fits the definite definition of Rolls-Royce. Rolls I know he's class. What's your definition? And he's, I feel like Rolls-Royce is someone like, I don't know. I feel like Cameron imposes himself on a game almost too much to be classified as a Rolls Royce. So and who it, is a Rolls Royce? Like he's a big imposing figure, I mean, like a someone that just is. He can't. I feel like you can, if you're a Rolls Royce, you can't be like the 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 linchpin of the team. You have got to be like a humor cluggage. Sean Burgoyne. Or, yeah, like a Sean. Yeah, that's a very good one. Sean Burgoyne, like. So a Rolls Royce and a silky player. Yeah, like is a there... Scott Pendery almost. Like I know that gets mm. bandied around a lot, but him. But Jeremy Cameron's a tall forward. I don't know. If, can you call a tall forward? I know he's very mobile. So maybe you can. I don't know. I'm putting the debate out there. What makes a Rolls Royce? Well, yeah, I, I think yeah, mobility and uh, skills and good decision making. Mm. Um, I think Jeremy Cameron's got all of those. Attributes in abundance. Mm. Uh, Do you reckon it gets overused, the Rolls-Royce term on players? Because you hear it a little bit, I reckon. I feel like I haven't heard it that much in Aussie yeah. Rules. I've heard it in soccer, football mm. a lot, but not Aussie Rules. I can see. I, yeah, like you get what it means though. I haven't. I don't think I've heard it before that, and but I get what it means. Really? I, I feel like I've heard, I can't think of any specific examples now, but I feel like I've heard it a little bit. And mm. sometimes I'm like, oh, are they? I reckon Cameron, you're probably right. Like he, He's a gun. Mm. He's a Dead set gun, but just in my head, maybe I think, oh, Rolls Royce. They can't be that tall, can they? I, I don't know. But he's definitely classifies as a classy player. Well, I feel like in soccer, they use it to describe centre backs like a Virgil van Dijk, mm. for example. He's a very tall player for Liverpool. Yeah, that's true. But um, what other automobile uh, <laughs> models and makes would you use to describe players or companies? Sean Darcy. Yeah, is a big Kenworth truck. Kenworth truck. Yeah. Uh, would you would you use that in commentary? Genuinely, I would. The Kenworth truck. I reckon. Okay. I reckon we should start calling him the Kenworth truck. Ferrari. Could you say Ferrari? That one gets used quite a bit. Well, it gets used for GWS as a team. Yeah, well, it got actually, used. But was it used for players? Ferrari and downhill. Yeah, Leon Cameron's Ferrari and yeah, downhill skiing Leon's and all Cameron's that. Ferrari. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Did. Cameron say that himself. Didn't he label his team like a Ferrari? We're going to have to research that. But I feel like when he it was in a press conference or something and he mentioned something about their team being like a Ferrari and they got to be well-oiled because they're, they're all a bunch of smooth movers. you got like Cali, Whitfield, Cornelio, Hopper, all those movers. And he, he said something about that. 
Was that is that correct? Or well, I'm just going through some uh, tweets. Leon Cameron Ferrari GWS. Here's one from Footy underscore Fight Club, March 28, 2021. Leon Cameron lost the keys to the Ferrari on the MCG in 2019. <laughs> Clarko to GWS flags for days. Hashtag AFL Freo Giants. <laughs> um, but um, your question was about what again? Uh, can you call players for Ferrari? Can you call players for Ferraris? Um, no. No. I no, know. I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't think you can. Because um, so what are the attributes of Ferrari that you could Probably transfer onto a player? Rolls-Royce. Really? But maybe a bit quicker. Rolls-Royce is class. Yeah. Ferrari's Ferrari speed and sexiness. Yes, yeah. That's... It's similar, but it's not quite. Who's a sexy, fast player? Ferrari be David. Cosy Pickett. <laughs> David Wojcicki, remember? David Wojcicki. <laughs> Winston Abraham. These are the players we like to bandy around. On, okay. On, on the footy dictionary, um, they're Ferraris. Yeah, the first mention I can see of Leon Cameron Ferrari and GWS all in the same tweet was April 20, 2017, uh, from the Frio Pope. Robbo had a go at Hutchie, saying he drove the Frio footy show Ferrari into a ditch after Hutchie said Leon Cameron can't drive the GWS Ferrari. Mm. So it must have been around longer than that. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, something to think about for our audience, I'm Definitely. Sure. Definitely something to think about. Mm. Um, now, let's have a go at this one. This was really big in the news, actually. So it's, there's been much talk about this whole uh, little expression from Craig McRae and... Yeah, tell me what you think of Hamish. Well, we want to act like winners. I, I, I must admit, the siren goes and there's um, half a dozen of our guys laying on the ground. That, that, for me, that's not a winner. That's that's um, acting like a loser. Um, we lost the game. We're not losers. I call him with losers. <laughs> I, I don't mind it from Craig McRae, although technically they lost the game. <laughs> I don't, as a, From a player perspective, I imagine that would be pretty hard because you've just... Played probably one of the most intense games of your life, and you would have experienced this playing under twelves at Coburg West back Coburg. in the day. Yeah, sorry, West Come Coburg. On, My bad. Yeah. You would experience this long game. You might have lost by a goal, and you you just feel the need to. I don't think we around. got within a goal of many of our games. Okay, maybe yeah. not the person asked. Continue. If they've just played one of the most intense games in their life, and they've just lost on the sign, they don't really know the time. Probably their first reaction would be like, "Fuck, we've lost." and then collapse on the floor and because they're spent. So I feel like it's a natural reaction from the players, but I don't mind the sentiment from McRae to go, nah, not copping that. I know we've lost, but we can't we can't get down on ourselves. Let's just move on to next week and take Frio by storm. What do you think? Because I, I don't mind it. I, I like the mentality that he's trying to drive from Collingwood. I do like the mentality as well, and it is hard to dissect. Um because, of course, technically they are losers, um, much like Collingwood, Carlton were against Collingwood oh, very two funny. weeks prior. Very funny. Um, but though I think Carlton You're definitely would have been man. feeling like losers after that Collingwood game. But mm. And Collingwood f- felt like losers. But It didn't need to be brought up. They, they won hearts, I guess. Well, no, they didn't won, win hearts, but they didn't lose any hearts. They, yeah, they certainly they, didn't lose any They didn't respect. lose any admirers. No, um, well said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do I make of it? That's a really good question because I think the meaning of losers has almost been infiltrated by the uh, little bullying catch cry <laughs> that, like, in primary school, you call someone a loser. 
um, mm. and that means you like you suck. But in the pure Got meaning of the word, without our primary school antics and semantics, um, I, d- I think that would be fine. But it's just it having been used as an insult has changed all mm. meaning of the word. That's actually a very good point. Mm. Very deep analytical thinking you are, mate. Language evolves, yeah. my friend. It does. And I think we have to accept that, and I think we have to accept Craig McRae. I don't mind that from Craig. I, I, I like that from Fly. Mm. As much as I don't like Collingwood, I think he's setting the right tone. Setting the tone. Setting the tone. Collingwood Magpies. Indeed. And this one was on the Real Footy podcast. They had a special guest. He's contributed to The Age with a few articles, but this is the first time I've heard him on the podcast. It's Caroline Wilson, Jack Nile, Michael Gleeson, and special guest talking here, Matthew Stokes. It was just incredible to watch. I'm not a massive Geelong, uh, massive footy watcher, but to watch that game unravel was incredible to watch. Now, that just feels like a little slip of the tongue, just a, a misuse and a, um, confusing his cliches because uh, he said watching the game unravel. Like the Geelong Collingwood game. The game unfolds. The game doesn't unravel. Yeah. Because unraveling's more when you. It's close. Concede, and then, you can see it a goal and then you can see it another one. And yeah, then exactly. It slips away more. from your goal. Yeah. It slips out of your hands. It, you're right. I think yeah. Stokesy, I'll let it slide because it's a it's a very simple one, but we can't. Like, it's it's factually incorrect. Mm. But We can't let things like that really. Um, yeah. Yeah. In the heat of the moment, though. Heat of the moment, and he's probably not the most experienced yeah. speaker behind the microphone. He hasn't done much podcasting work that I've seen. So, Matthew Stokes, if you want some more experience, but feel free jump to on. jump on our podcast. I, I just don't want to criticise that too much for fear of the pot calling the kettle black because, you know, we all make slip of the tongues every now and then, and that's not the worst thing I've ever heard. I don't know. If uh, our dear listeners went back and, and listened to this one, they'd probably find a few slip of the tongues from my good self. So, Stokesy, little error. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you slide because you're not a loser, Matt. <laughs> I'm not a loser. I'm losing upwards <laughs> yeah. for you, Matthew anyway. Stokes. This one, um, look, this this is from the Footyology podcast, and I I don't like this at all. Uh, I wonder what the listeners think of it, and I wonder what you think of it. So, uh, Ron Connolly, but the speaker okay. here is Robert Shaw. Now, we'll, we'll preview this during the week, Ron, but um, they're going to go deep into the finals. Mm. They are going to go deep into the finals, Collingwood. Collingwood are going to go deep into the finals. They're already in the second week of finals. Can you say that? How deep is <laughs> They fine. need one more. So I think we can all accept that deep into the finals, third week and beyond. Yeah, I'd say prelims is. Too. So they're one win away from going deep into yeah. the finals. It, He's saying that like it's a really big bold Yeah, take. I, 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 let's be fair. I think if you make a qualifying final, the expectation would be to go deep. In, I feel like if you're in the qualifying, you're already half deep into the... That makes no sense. But you know what I'm trying to say. You're already yeah. deep in the finals if you're in the qualifying because you've guaranteed yourself two finals. I feel like the um, the uh, limit, uh, the, the end of the period where you can say a team's going to go deep into the finals is the end of round 23. Mm. Not, you yeah. can't say it in week, you can't say it like in the pre-finals, you, you can't say it week one of finals, and you most certainly cannot no. say it in the lead up to week two of the finals. Absolutely Hamish. not. No, I'm, I'm fully with you there. I, I That's pretty poor. That's, it is pretty poor. It's a good uh, podcast as well. I do yeah, rate they it. themselves down. They have. They pride themselves on their <laughs> top quality analysis, which Look. they usually provide, but Robert Shaw, 
Get stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Shaw, sort it out. Just be better because you're not. He's trying to be bold. He's not. He's not. Get him off. <laughs> I miss Mark Fine, Fine on yeah. that podcast and on SEN as well. But we'll move on to the uh, Fremantle versus Western Bulldogs game. Of course, the Fremantle Dockers conceded the first six goals of the game. They but were 41 they points down. And here is what Gary Lyon had to say on, on the couch uh, on the Monday night. Then you go to the Fremantle game and they're, they're getting their pants pulled down. Brayshaw is keeping them in it yep. and then Sarong takes them to where they need yep. to Which go. He, he was a- Can you be? Like, I don't think anybody's keeping anyone in it when six, the first six goals were to one team then 11 of the last 13 were to the other. I don't know if you can. There's no yeah, keeping exactly. in it. When <laughs> the already, margin's 40 plus. Like you've already conceded 40 points. Yeah, you're not you're in not, it at 40 plus. You're, yeah, you're not. You're not. And Absolutely. just to confirm, his. What do we say? This is over the first quarter. First quarter stats, I've got them up for you. Good quarter footy, don't get me wrong. Nine disposals, three kicks, six handballs, one mark, no tackles, and only two contested possessions. Mm. They didn't have a goal to quarter time. No. And they had didn't have one until like the 52nd minute or something. Yeah. You're not keeping a minute. Not having it. Most certainly not. You're And speaking of like minutes and that kind of thing, there was an Instagram post from the AFL, which I found very interesting. So, of course, Ash Johnson and Jeremy Cameron took two goals uh, in quick succession for opposing teams, mm. of course. Two great goals from the boundary. Oh, absolutely. AFL a reel, uh, Instagram reel, uh, which compared the two goals and said two epic goals just 30 seconds apart. Now, it wasn't 30 seconds apart in time elapsed, but Real on the time. countdown clock, it was 30 seconds apart. Mm. Are you accepting just 30 seconds apart? Uh, well, that makes it seem like they've kicked the goal, they've run sprinted back to the middle and they've thrown it up and it's gone down the other end in the space of... Oh, no. I don't think so. You're not accepting nah, cause, No, yeah, neither am I. Because it hasn't been 30 seconds. It was probably a good two, three minutes by the end. Mm, it's a minute. Half, so. Yeah, well, it's a minute between... Mm. Uh, nah. They were, they were taking just about 30 seconds to each line up as yeah. well because they were both set shots. Exactly right. So uh, I don't know specifically how long between them. Uh, because this was a bit of an off-the-cuff little clip that we've got here to talk mm. about. But, yeah, AFL social media team, be, be better. better. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, so we've spoken about Andrew Brayshaw. And, uh, did, what did we settle on for the Andrew Brayshaw? He's not keeping it. He's not keeping it. He's absolutely when you've conceded, not. Maybe if they only conceded two goals and they were getting swarmed by inside 50s and he kept getting rebound 50s or taking intercept marks or something, that would be keeping him in it. But... Having nine touches, two contested possessions, and your team concedes mm. six goals, five, whatever they did, not keeping him in it. Yeah, it needs to. It was totally one way momentum the whole yeah. time in that game, and it swung at a certain point. There needs to be a bit of ebbing and flowing yeah. between the uh, periods of dominance for either team. Absolutely. Got big fans of Andy Brasher on the show, just mind you. We, we love what he does, but he wasn't keeping him in it. Now, this one. Uh, so, Robbie Fox. Uh, we're moving off the final specific stuff now, but Robbie Fox, the Sydney Swans defender, signed a new deal uh, mm-hmm. with the club. And can you, Hamish, come up with the most cliched headline possible for <laughs> Robbie Fox signing a new deal for Sydney on the afl.com.au website? Josh Gablich, um wrote the article. I'm not sure who did the headline. Might have been him, might have been the sub-editor, but most cliched possible headline. How long is the deal for? And did, did it Doesn't say? mention that in the headline. Um, Robbie, it's a two-year deal, by the way. Though. 
Robbie <laughs> Fox. Hang on. There's an obvious thing. It's just dangling right above you to pick off the tree. Yeah. An obvious pun. We're going to have to edit this out because give me, give me a few seconds to think about this. Wow. I thought this was just like a blatant, absolute first thing that comes to his mind, the easiest possible option to take. But maybe not. Maybe not. Can I tell you what it is? Yeah. T- tell you what it is. We'll cut it out. We'll come back and I'll be like, yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, Swans Defender signs new deal. Can was, you get any more cliche? It was going to be something about Mr. Fantastic Fox. Mr. Fox. I was trying to think, what's Fox related? Yeah. It just didn't come to me, but uh, that is pretty cliche. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Do you rate it as a film? Mm, what's, never saw it. I don't know. What's the director's name? It. Anderson? Something. Anderson. Um... Where's Anderson? Where's Anderson? You're not a Wes Anderson appreciator? Nah. Nah? Not, yeah. not familiar with too much of his work. Oh, I know. Really? I know the fantastic Mr. Fox. I don't reckon I've delved into it too much. No. Okay. Well, and- fair enough. We aren't a uh, cinema analysis podcast. We're an analysis <laughs> podcast of the language in football, he says, you've as he Matthew, struggles to get his words out. You've had a Matthew Stokes moment there, mate. <laughs> I have indeed. You're I have be, indeed. You're going to be on the podcast next week. <laughs> Um, but another article on the AFL website, uh, Ross Lyon, of course, is not going to be the Essen coach. Headline, uh, article by Cal Toomey, there was no vibe, uh, in quotes. Lyon rejects Dons' coach approach. But this, there's a sentence here. I want to get your take on it. He had been on the Bombers' shortlist of targets, given the club has been looking for options with strong experience. Now, shortlist, are you a man who likes a hyphen, a space, or a compound, compounding of the words? Uh, shortlist. Compounds. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Like, I thought that was I just the way it was written. Oh, you had me questioning myself. No, though, yeah. I, I shortlist, compound, elegant. one word. Yep. Shortlist. What do you reckon Cal Toomey's done? Has he gone the hyphen? He hasn't gone the hyphen. He's, he's got gone, the space. He's got the space. Cal, I love you, but come on, mate. <laughs> short space list. Like, it literally, in the literal sense, makes short makes sense because it's a short list, mm. right? But compound it. Interesting. Maybe you need to bump the world count up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe you had to hit the 25 quota mark for, yeah. the, for the headline or something. Yeah. Strange, but anyway, Ross not feeling the vibes. He's not feeling the vibes at all. Yeah. What do you make of um, Ross Lyons saying there was no vibe? He's, I'll give you a specific quote. Um, yep. Well, the, Lyon told AFL.com.au's Damien Barrett on Triple M that there was no vibe when he was approached by Essendon football manager Josh Marnie. Are you a fan of a 55-year-old man saying there was no vibe? He's been spending too much time with his wife, Natalie Fife, on Instagram, I think. I don't know. Strange one, for sure. I think you'd use maybe a more professional term, but mm. no vibe. I, again, you understand what he's saying, but it's a yeah. very strange lingo to mope around about a mm. meeting between a potential coach and a football club. But anyway, Essendon in the mud, so no complaints from my end. <laughs> There was no vibe. It's a very strange one. And also, just digging through this article more, this is the opening line. Former St Kilda and Fremantle coach Ross Lyon has turned down being part, being a part of the Essendon coaching process. The Essendon coaching process, isn't it the coaching application process? Yeah. Haven't they got one the, yet? The, the coaching recruitment process? Yeah. It's not the coaching process. Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, a very good point mm. you make. But, and, but surely... He was part of the process if he met with yeah. Josh Marnie. <laughs> yeah, you don't. If you're 
if you're speaking to them, you're immediately become mm. a part of the process. You don't have to speak to them to then become a part of the coaching process. Well, I think it's all encapsulated. There were people saying he pulled out. Has he pulled out? Was he ever in? Yeah, that's a very good point. Who is in? Because I don't know. I haven't been keeping up, but I don't I think don't know. No, one, <laughs> no one really knows at the moment, do they, with Essendon? They yeah. don't have like a short list. Or... James Back from the brink. Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez, I'd laugh. Uh, we'll move on, though, to a tweet from Super Footy. They held Sun a while, an article, really. But uh, I'll just grab a little tweet headline here. Mm. You know it's you're always in trouble when you've got 36 quote tweets compared to <laughs> 21 likes. It's <laughs> dangerous, yeah. Uh, it's September the 7th, 2022, time of recording. When would you say is an acceptable time to start uh, talking about if a team can rise from the ashes and rise from nothing to maybe uh, end up the following season in a good position? It, what's this in reference to? Are we talking about a, a team now that is down and then... A team's down. And someone is speculating that they could be up, flying up, up. Right. So how are you saying how down they've got to be to be to rise? I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Super footy. Mm -hmm. The Bombers making top four next year. Why not? Says Gary Buckenara. (laughs) September the seventh, twenty twenty-two. Sure, it's too early. I reckon. I'm a bit lost for words on this. Yeah. Well, you you kind of seem a bit like. Inconclusive, indecisive. Very inconclusive on this. Are you saying yeah. that it's too early in I, the year to I, be? Been, or too well, I, I think firstly you'd have to get a coach to talk about that. Well, mm. no, actually, I take that back. You wouldn't have to have the coach because we've got a good list, I think, Essendon. But I think I finals agree. have to end. Yeah, I reckon it's well too early to be talking about their prospects for next year. Only Essendon supporters can talk about Essendon things at this time of year. Yeah. Gary Buckinara, strange one as well. Mm. Hawthorne legend. Mates yeah. with Dermy, maybe. maybe. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> you how know. Well. Did, you, did you ask him? I didn't ask him how his relationship with Gary Buckinara is, but we did have a little dabble in a conversation, old Dermy and I, on Saturday. Down in the MCG race. Down at the MCG race, yes. Yeah. And Dermy and I were... What were you doing down there? On official footy dictionary <laughs> duties? <laughs> official business. Uh... <laughs> Was running a little Macca's activation at quarter time. Okay. Uh, not much to it, but uh, yeah, just got to go on the ground at quarter time and had a little word to Dermy as I was waiting to go on and he was waiting to do his piece for Fox Hoodie and we, yeah, just had a little chat. Very nice. Yes. Good to, good to see you getting ah, on well. Fantastic, yeah. Relationship's very amicable at the moment. Back to the clips. Can I play you another clip? Absolutely. From the Fox Footy podcast again, this is Max Lawton. He's just been introduced and he's talking about some uh, news and some current events uh, of the weekend. What a weekend for the mighty football state that is Queensland. Mm. With, For a start, did you know there are three Queensland teams in the VFL and there were four last year? Yes. Before, before the mighty Aspley Aspley Hornets. Mm. But now Southport and Gold Coast, a Gold Coast Derby wow. in a preliminary final of the VFL. Definitely a league that does not need to be renamed. Gold Coast Derby? Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek. It uh, is a bit, but let's take this seriously for a moment. Yeah. Gold Coast Derby. Acceptable? Well, uh, it's definitely is tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> well, a derby is generally when you play across town rivals. I don't is know if they're rivals. Is it a free term, though? Is it, like, it's... Yeah. Typically a soccer thing. Yeah, that's very true. But I mean, I've 
heard it plenty of times, the Derby. Well, like the, the Western Derby. The Western, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but the yeah. Gold Coast Derby. Definitely not. Gold Coast versus Southport. It's like the AFL W Hawthorne for Essendon thing last week. That's it's, not a derby, though. Yeah, it's no. Derby, but, you, the teams uh, have to be close geographically. Yeah, there's not a lot of this history. Is, yeah. There's not a lot of history between the two teams, is what mm. I'm trying to insinuate. But yeah. Uh, by it's the Gold Coast Reserves. By technicality, it is a derby for sure. And it's on this Saturday. <laughs> get the to them. Where's it at? Metricon, probably. I don't know. Southport. But get down, get oh, get up or get down wherever in, you live. If you're in Queensland, yeah, be there because what else you need to be in Queensland? I'm coming from Coburg. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> for the Gold uh, Coast Derby. Maybe I should realign my expectations of how far I'm willing to go to say v- VFL prelim. Yeah. I will be there. I'll be there too. Now I get there. A uh, couple more. We'll just move to AFLW. Uh, of course, our two teams clashed. Essendon versus Carlton. Yes, they did. Essendon lost by single point. Suck eggs. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just before the quarter time siren sounded, Madison Prasparkis, Matty Prasparkis, former blue, now bomber, had a set shot at goal. She was lining up, strayed slightly off her line. Umpire oh. said she played on. Mm-hmm. Siren went, gone. And then, Sucky. of course, Essen lost by points. So could have been a draw. Could have been a win for yeah, the Bombers. That, I feel like that's too early in the game to say that influenced the result. True. Because if they, even if you kicked it. True. Like, you know True. what I'm saying? Yeah, not wrong. Yeah. Misused like, it's like when me. people say, oh, that was touched on the line. Yep. For no, a goal right. midway through the first quarter and we lost by a point. You're right. And if that wasn't, but it's like. That's a mistake. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll own up to that. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll let it slide. Can I play the clip? Stokes. Yes, you can. Okay. Here, here's the clip. Anister's quick to move it in boards. Careful, use finds Presparkis. Right on the bridge of quarter time, Matty Presparkis. You'd imagine in range. And the runner screaming at Matty. Has she come off her line? She has. Courtney Dempsey flashbacks. Courtney Dempsey flashbacks, all right. Your eyebrow was... Distinctly raised. I've there. never heard that before. The the bridge term. The bridge. It's generally, of time. obviously, music on the, on the bridge of quarter time. Yeah, in music yeah. terms, you have a you have a bridge, but I've never used it. We've never heard it being used for yeah. footy. So should we try to nut down? Yeah, let's let's delve in, shall we? Yeah. yeah, the bridge of quarter time. Mm. So I think that was Nigel Carmody on the AFLW commentary. Yeah, Nigel. Yeah. Creativity. We'll, I'll give Come him on. that. Yeah. Bridge of quarter time. So, let's. how does a bridge work? You get onto the bridge, you go along the bridge, and then you get off the bridge. The bridge is like a, a congregation of two points, and you need to cross it to get from one to the other. So, is the bridge quarter time, and it's bridging the gap between the first quarter I, and the second quarter? Yeah, that's that's how I took it. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Like a, yeah. So, the bridge is the quarter time break? I assume so. And... She's got like one foot, one wheel on the bridge. Is yeah, well, if she's kicking after the siren, you're, you're already trying well, to. Well, the siren hasn't gone yet. Mm. So, what did you say again? A uh, roll red putt. Anister's quick to move it in boards. Careful, use finds Presparkus. Right on the bridge of quarter time, Maddie Presparkus. Mm. Imagine in range, and the runner screaming at Maddie. She- about five seconds between the bridge of quarter time and well, the siren going. What's a better word to use instead of bridge? Because I don't think bridge... The precipice? Yeah, the precipice or the, the even like, yeah, the cliff or something like that. 
Although the cliche, not, I'm not having the cliche. Nah, nah. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Well, I'm sorry. I'm picturing I'm picturing a bridge going from the first quarter to the second quarter. Mm. But if it's right on, then maybe the bridge is crossing the cliff. That's the, that's um, what I was. I was just trying to a picture. Word. It in. There's definitely a word for this. Mm. On the um, the brink. Then the brink. That's probably the big one that gets. On the yeah, brink, the brink of court. I don't know about the brink of court time. On the bridge though. Mm. I'm not particularly happy with that. And Nigel's got to be better. I'm a fan. Oh, yeah. The bridge of quarter time. The bridge is quarter time for me. Oh, yeah. The bridge is... Mm. Yeah. On the bridge of quarter time. Let, should I look up what the definition of a bridge? We need. I think we need a second opinion on this. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go to Google. Bridge. A structure carrying a road, path, railway, etc., across a river, road, or other obstacle. Um, to, uh, the oh, could you say on the door of quarter time? On on the on the foot on the doormat on the footstep. No. <laughs> She's got one hand on quarter yeah. time. <laughs> on the on the doorbell of quarter time. The doorbell. On the siren, right? The doorbell. Oh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> The siren, well, technically. On the porch. The siren. The front porch of quarter time. You're walking up the steps. I don't know. You're not quite there, but you've opened the door and you haven't stepped inside yet. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, should we leave that one unresolved? I think we probably should. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a mystery and maybe I'll call mum later and ask her what she Like it feels right, but then you think about it and it isn't right. Mm. Yeah. Nigel. It it does roll. I'd like to know what Nigel's thinking is. Please explain from Nigel. (laughs) It sounds right. Yeah. Like, everyone knows what you mean when you say the bridge of quarter time. But, like, why do we know what it means? Strictly speaking, he's not correct. Yeah. Is there some other meaning for bridge? I don't know. I don't know. We'll go to Nigel next week. We'll get him on and have have a word with him. Yeah. Just ask him exactly. Well, we're going to have some guest on next week, hopefully. Should we make it Nigel? Let's try. Get in we, touch, Nigel. Let's try. Show. Nigel, if you're listening, please, please come on the show. I've got one more clip. I don't, have you got anything after the clip? Uh, maybe. Ma- maybe. Maybe. Okay. We're, we're running at 43 minutes, so there's time yeah, for okay. you to do something. Um, but this is also referring to Matty Prasparkas on the same game in the fourth quarter, eight minutes and 30 seconds to go. Uh, Katie Brennan uh, describing her influence on the quarter so far. AFLW quarters, for people who don't know, they're 15 minutes long and there's time on only in the last two minutes. Get where I'm coming from? Yep. Got you. Cool. Yep. And we're 8 minutes 30 to go in the last quarter. What I love too, they're sending, we talked about them sending a fifth up to the stoppage, which is Bonnie Too Good, who's had two clearances already in this quarter. So it's really working for them. Not talking about Madison Prasparkas, sorry, but we're talking about Bonnie Too Good, two clearances already. So I feel like it's too late to say already, and she hasn't got enough yeah. to say already. So she's, what, that six and a half minutes have elapsed? Uh, uh, like yeah. That's correct, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. hope it is. So six, well, like we're nearly halfway through. Yeah, two clearances in six and a half minutes doesn't sound... Uh, that's not bad. That's not bad, Garland, but I don't know if you can use the word already. Can you... Uh, for me... You can't say already with two unless you've got two in the first minute yeah. or something. Or two, two in the first or like two, two or three, or three minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the point. Yeah. And I think almost halfway through the quarter is too late to yeah. say already in you any circumstance. You can mention that she's got, oh. She, if she had six. Yeah, maybe. Six already? Or you could just roll with like, oh, she's had two clearances this quarter without mentioning yeah. already because, you know, they're halfway through. You could, mm. It's still working maybe for the side if she's had 
two is appearances. It a, yes, is it a case of the Matthew Stokes? Is it a Matthew Stokes esque slip up? Because uh, Katie Brennan probably not the most experienced media performer. Maybe I, I'm willing to. You know, I won't judge too harshly on on poor Katie, but mm. um, I just think it's a misuse of the word already. I think it should just be left out mm. completely. Or if she's had the two clearances within the first three minutes, use it then. But otherwise, is two clearances even out. notable? Not really. Is it? I don't know. I, well, you're. I haven't looked at too much AFLW stats. Neither have I. Um, yeah, I don't know, like how many, what the average clearances a game would be like. But for, but there are like the sto- the amount of stoppages isn't that different. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know the disposal counts obviously low because the lot lot more tackles. Yeah, a lot less time mm. on the clock. So maybe two clearances. But yeah, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't appeal to me. That's it for me from clips. Yeah. Uh, Katie Brennan. Uh, yeah, look. Onwards and upwards improve, but uh, yeah, that was a mistake. Hamish, what have you got? Oh, well, this is very, it's not It's not stri- strictly uh, the footy dictionary. I've just got, you know, we're coming into the second week of finals. So I've just got five things that I would like to see, it's five niche things I would like to see this this weekend. First one, I'd like to see Justin Longmuir wearing a suit <laughs> to, to the game oh, on Saturday night. Because- like walking off the bus? No, just like imagine coaching from the bench in a suit. Oh, like, he's Choco on Williams. the bench in a suit. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, I just think it. Bring, I Why seen Justin that. Longmuir? I don't know. But I just feel like because Collingwood home crowd, a lot of Collingwood support. You know the stereotypical Collingwood fans, Bogans, and he can just walk in suit on, class, just steely mentality. What colours the suit? Because black and white is the go-to, but you can't wear a black and black white with, suit against Collingwood. Or maybe, oh, maybe a purple suit. Purple and white. Oh, oh imagine that. I think that'd be sick. <laughs> like fruits or something I don't know but I just think it suits not enough or maybe like the trench coat not enough AFL coaches roll with suits these days they'll wear the polo on it's boring but remember Mark Choco Williams in the 2004 granny like with the yeah. tight yeah I do yeah. bring that back should he mate um, he could rock up as a um, like a prince impersonator yeah that was- yeah Yes. Yeah? Yes. I'm all for that. What about Barney the dinosaur? Yeah. I, I'm maybe not so much for that, but no? <laughs> maybe the mascot, we can roll out Barney. and But maybe not Justin. He's got better things to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, second thing I'd like to see, and maybe this isn't as possible with the strict security measures around the grounds these days, I would like to see an animal run onto the ground. On one of the games this weekend. Not sure why. I just feel like it's been a long time since we've seen a pig at full forward. Yeah, well, we that, was him, that was the question on my mind. What animal is it and what position are they at? Pig at full forward is the, the classic. Or yeah. oh, maybe just like a, a cat would be easy to... I, I mean, we see seagulls all the time. But imagine a se- like a cat coming to the ground chasing pigeons and the game just stops because a cat's just running around trying to chase a pigeon and the security like can't catch the cat. I think that would be a very good use of time. You do see that in European, yeah, well, you European South there. American soccer a yeah. fair bit, like some random cat on the ground. Let's make it happen, and then yeah. Sean Darcy to pick it up. And you know just, what like, we will see though? Two games at the MCG. Exactly, seagulls. <laughs> a lot of seagulls, and <laughs> that's not. And we need the cat to chase the though. seagulls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Put the cat amongst the birds. Yep. Yeah. Third thing I'd like to see is for the players to stay on the ground at halftime and to eat oranges, <laughs> like in the 60s. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just picturing at halftime, they should sit on the ground like back in the old day. You know how it's a, they didn't ever used to go inside of the change rooms. They used to just sit on the ground, chill out, sit on the ground, someone would come around with oranges, give them oranges. I think that would be good. 
you get to see what they're thinking, and it'd almost be cool just watching that lay. You know, is relax. there a specific reason you want this to happen in week no. two of the finals, or is no. it just any time of year? Any time of year. But <laughs> okay. What about weekend? the last two? Let's, let's make it this weekend. Are the last two finals related? Maybe. <laughs> While the players are on the ground at halftime, I've been to a few Richmond games this year, much to my disgust. They have this thing at halftime where they have. Do you remember the old the um, DVD, the DVD yes. thing? Yeah, and it hits the corner. Yeah, they have that at all their games at yep. halftime, and they play it. I think. There shouldn't be a timer on halftime break. It should just be as soon as the DVT thing hits the corner, they run back onto the ground. So they could be sitting on the ground watching and everyone's going, oh, oh. And then it could go on for like hours, right? Mm. But they got to wait for it to hit the corner. And as soon as it hits the corner, they got 30 seconds to run out to their positions and then the game starts again. So they could get like a two-minute break or they could get like a two-hour break. I think that would be... Very dramatical, and you can almost get like dramatical. a... Dramatical. <laughs> is that a word? Dramatic. Can we play it back? Jeez, I'm... Oh, jeez, I don't know if I'm fit for By hosting. By the way, I, I thought now that some time's elapsed, I feel it's appropriate to say, you were saying, uh, talking about slip of the tongues yeah. rather than slips of the tongue, which I thought was a bit Am ironic I, before. Did I say that? Well, slips of the tongue would be the correct term, would it not? Slips of the tongue rather than slip, slip of the tongues. Oh, I'd say slip of the tongue. Well, you're talking about multiple. Yeah, if it's multiple slips of the tongue, that makes sense. Did yeah, I, yeah okay. you were saying slip of the tongues. A little bit ironic. We go to the- I, I like that. I didn't want to say it at the time because no. I didn't want to humiliate you in front of our great audience, but sometimes lapse, um, for, I think it is suitable shit. to humiliate you half oh, an hour later. I'm, Yeah, I'm very humiliated now. I'm going red in the face. Yeah. But Work on it. Uh, fourth thing, all right, Collingwood Geelong game on the weekend. There's a point in it. You know how for half time, speaking of half time, there's an Auskick game that goes on in the middle and yep. one team's dressed up as Collingwood and the other one's dressed up as yeah. Geelong. Can I say something on that before yep. you get into your thing? Have they, well, clearly not, but during this regular season, did they get rid of the Auskickers in the team colours? Because uh, I only saw red v black. I feel like they can only do it when they've got enough numbers maybe. I don't know because I saw it at some games but not others. Yeah. It's very So do you reckon the Oz kick is I, I on did the it downturn? There. Maybe. No, I hope not. We love our Oz kick, but mm. um maybe. I don't know, but some games I've seen it and some games I haven't. But mm. anyway. Is it a gap in the reporting of the AFL media? The maybe diminishing of numbers. Yeah, in maybe they need us mm. Well country footy is sort of dying a little bit. That's a topic for another Another week, I think, because it's yeah. a big one. <laughs> off-season. Yeah, it's, it's a big off-season topic. Uh, anyway, so the Oz kick game in the middle. Imagine this, yep. the Cats-Pies game. There's a point. It finishes margins a point. Was it point? No, a goal. Yeah, no, yeah, a goal in yeah. the Cats-Pies game, yeah. What game finished at a point? Colin can't game, all right? Who won? I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> that game finishes with a point. But imagine the Oz kick game at halftime, just to add like a bit more... You know, everyone bored at halftime. You're just waiting for the second half to start. Scores. That game in the middle of the, the ground at halftime, whoever wins it for their respective side wins one point onto the total for the senior event <laughs> side. One point. Just one point. So then, <laughs> say Carlton win that game, they win the Auskick halftime game, a score, like one point gets added onto their tally. Next minute, it's a draw. <laughs> well, my why. big thought with that is that if you're adding a behind, 
mm. to each team's score. That is just throwing the accuracy stats no, no, all over the place. It's not, it's not a behind for each team. It's behind for one team. That's yeah, the, I know. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, but they like, didn't actually kick it behind. They didn't miss a shot at goal, but it looks like they did because the Oz kickers won a game. Maybe it's just an extra category. Like uh, like a super goal. Yeah. Like but the, a super yeah it's like at the end, like they've kicked six goals for one. <laughs> <laughs> Down the end, Oz kick. Six point four plus one. Maybe I'm ma- plus yeah, one. Yeah, that's better. I think I'm just clutching at straws because I'm still devastated, and I think we should still be in the final. Well, they had. Obviously, we weren't, but neither of us were alive for it. But little league. Yeah, there was like a proper competition. They had a proper comp. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Bring that back and bring the resis. Like go little league resis. Mm. The, get the under-19s back as well. Can I tell you the cliche you hear at just about every game when a team's not performing well? Yep. The Oz kickers could do better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you see that one on Facebook. Oh, you? you see that one on Facebook a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Essendon Games. I've Tough heard that many a time. And the last one I've got, just to close out the show, you were watching the tennis just before we was. recorded this. Yep. Uh, Kyrgios versus Hachinov. Uh, Hachinov, Yes. Lost in five. Karen got up. I don't know what the time... Yes, he did. That's a win for the Karens. Yeah. Uh, don't know what the time was in New York, but it would have been after 12, I imagine. Yes, it was. After one, I think. Yeah, probably, because yeah. I know the night before late. it went late. See, he never sleeps after all. No, very true. I just want to see a game of AFL played in the middle of the night and just to see what that'd be like. Because I love when the tennis goes to like 3am, like you're watching the Aussie Open, you're like slumped on the couch and it's like late Hewitt's going into a deep five-setter against someone. And like a few people left, but most people are hanging around. It's like 140 and everyone's like, just do we go to sleep or do we hang around? But everyone's like gripped to it. Imagine like a big final played at 2am at night and you just got like little kids just like... Would you prefer that like... On the G at 2 a.m., or would you prefer a game to be played in England or something of Aussie rules? Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. And then that would, just because the time zones be in the middle of the Mm. night. You don't get that experience with, uh, because I've dabbled into the Premier League following the great, the mighty Crystal Palace, and you get to get up and watch games in the middle of the night. And that's sort of, it can be fun sometimes. Uh, You don't get that with AFL because obviously it's played in Australia only, but. I think that'd be something, but I prefer it to be late in the night here in Australia because it just changes the atmosphere up a little bit. Just something to think about. Uh, yeah. It's very interesting. Um, is that us? I think that's us. Yes. Sorry for dabbling into topics other than footy dictionary, but just felt the need to talk about a few niche things I'd, I'd really like to see this week. I like it. You mm. got us near, close to the hour mark, oh, and fantastic. I appreciate that very much. So, Hamish, thank you very much for coming on again. Thank Good you for having me, as always. And, uh, yeah, maybe JB can come onto the show next week and give us a please explain We've invited as well. lots of people on. It's going to be a packed show <laughs> it's next a week. Show. Jump on board. <laughs> see you next week, guys. Same time. Ta-ta.